0: Hi guys and welcome to What They Don't Tell You About with me, Grace McGovern. Each week on the podcast we will uncover myths or ideas or just quite frankly what they don't tell you about a certain topic. So sit back and relax and enjoy the podcast. Hi guys and welcome back to the podcast What They Don't Tell You About. Today we have an amazing guest and I am so excited to have him on the podcast. He is called Sam Salter. He is a contemporary British ballet dancer. He is currently in Matthew Bourne Swan Lake. He's been a wicked Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. and he is with me today.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: No, I'm literally, I've been so excited to have you on all week. Thank you. Um, so tell us tell us a bit about yourself. Where did you train to dance? Um, have you always wanted to dance? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah?
1: So I started dancing, I don't actually know the exact age. I think I was about nine. But weirdly, I used to be a horse rider before. Oh so really? So like really serious family business used to compete all over the all over the country no yeah we were really successful like the sort of family for horse riding which was really funny um and then i just got into dancing because i just loved attention from like women yeah you know? <laughs> when they would like scream you know like uh, i'd go to like on holiday in resorts and i'd just dance around and i just love get so much
0: attention they're like look at that little kid girl yeah, and you're I like just, yeah like, look at me shaking
1: my hips so <laughs> yeah i loved it and then um, And then I I just, I loved dancing. Like, you know when something just fits really well? I can remember, I can remember um, just fitting great and just being like, I love this. And I had to choose between horses and dancing. And then I went to a theatre school in London, Mm -hmm. a proper theatre school. um, Amazing. Where uh, academics were Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then dancing, singing and acting all day on Thursday and Friday. So yeah, school was three days long, which was... Like a week yeah which was amazing because you were dancing singing, and acting on Thursday and Friday it was like nothing um, it was just fun I just loved it and then I went to a college in Lanes nice. uh, Lanes in Surrey sorry. Lane Theatre Arts left there when I was 18 started working
0: amazing and yeah. did you go straight into West End Theatre
1: I did I went straight into a UK tour West Side Story I did and then I went to the West End after that job And then, yeah, things were going pretty good.
0: Amazing. So we've got Sam on the podcast today because Sam has struggled with addiction. And I, from someone who has never experienced close-hand addiction or anything, I just am so happy to have you on my podcast and to just discuss things in terms of, like, not many people talk about these subjects and I think you're a great person to talk to. So... Could you give us a brief story of your addiction? Yeah, of course.
1: I I mean I started drinking from the age of like 14. It was just alcohol. Yeah, you know, I'd get drunk, but you know, I was quite still quite a young age to be drinking. But it was never an issue at the time. I just you know, I quite liked alcohol, you never thought anything of it. And then I went to college and I can remember like the first time I properly tried a drug and it was like a party drug um and I had the best time yeah. like, it was like I have found it this is it like yeah. this is oh my god like, I can still remember the feeling and you know when I was younger I was a very shy young boy I used to cry all the time I'm t- telling you like every day I would cry I was very nervous really um, yeah. just just
0: from nerves
1: nerves I would just be in tears yeah um it was really embarrassing, actually like, no. I would just always be in tears and um and then when I you know had gone into college, I was trying to find myself I, I never knew who I was yeah. i didn't have i didn't you know I was a sheep I would follow, and I found this thing that had made me everything I wanted to be from yeah. a young boy, this confident, charming, could do anything he wanted kind of guy yeah um. So, you know, I'd found that party scene in my second year of college, started missing college, started yeah. not coming in, didn't think anything of it. You know, I will get onto this later, but my form of an addict was something that I was not. I was a young boy that was in a dance college that would take, you know, substances on the weekends, occasionally in the week, and just not turn up. Yeah. But, you know, I just didn't think of it as that serious. Um, I mean, it started getting bad when I was out working, I think on my third job, um, my third contract, so about three years in, although I'd been taking drugs consecutively for, the, for those years, mm. um, every weekend pretty much, mm. it started affecting my, my life, my relationships, my work um, quite dramatically and quite quickly towards the end, it was very much spiralling out of control. And within this time I'd broken up with an ex, he'd broken up with me, um, because I'd done something to him when I was under the influence and um well, actually I can say I, I cheated on him when I was mm. under the influence. And this is another thing I really couldn't understand why, because I was obsessed with this guy. Yeah. He was my everything. And I sober sober me wouldn't never dare cheat. Yeah. But I'd taken something that night and I just lost control and I I didn't know what happened. I just couldn't control myself. Yeah. It felt like um so then I went to counseling, you know, I put my best friend and all my close friends f- through hell, saying I'd stop every weekend and i'm not I'm not getting week after week after week, I was just going round in a circle, yeah, and then um I mean it got it it got so bad that I just I was suicidal I didn't want to be alive, mm. and um that is. It's crazy to think of now, but that was how far it took me. I, I thought I would rather not have a place in the yeah. world than have to go through this cycle again, saying that I'd stop, but just couldn't. I yeah. just
0: couldn't stop. And were you, nearing the end of when it got really bad, were you taking every day, or was it a weekly no, thing? No, and
1: that's another thing, yeah. see. I didn't think I had a problem, because I didn't wake yeah. up and do drugs every morning. It was every weekend, throughout the week,
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, if I had something on and I was going home, maybe I wouldn't for a weekend, you know. So then in my head, I was like,
0: I'm fine, this is fine. Because you think you can control it.
1: Self-control, yeah. Yeah. So my friends are saying, oh, you just need some more self-control. Yeah. I think my close friends were like, this isn't good. And I think I knew deep down little things like using by myself. Yeah. not being able to put that thing in the cupboard and do it leave it for 2 weeks i had to finish it that was yeah. um that was a thing i would be on my floor picking up scraps you know yeah. when i had a job on in 3 hours time and then i cancelled them and you know it just got
0: dark were well, the people around you like taking and doing things and is that why sometimes I think when you're in a situation where you think other people have control on it and a lot of people I mean they do take alcohol and they take drugs Mm -hmm. but they probably have a lot of self-control in that did you think sometimes the situation you're in you're like well everyone else is fine like I must be fine too exactly but I
1: I kept telling myself that and my friends kept telling me that um, you know, not all of them, but people were
0: like, you're fine. Yeah.
1: You're being too hard on yourself. You're young. Enjoy yourself. But in my head, I was like, I know that I don't actually want to be doing these things. Yeah. So why am I having to do them, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: so you're in recovery now. How long yes. have you been in recovery for? I've
1: been, I came, I went into the rooms, uh, into this 12-step program, uh, July, 31st of July, uh, 2007. 17, 2017. amazing. That took a while. So I've been, um, in, I mean, in total, it's been about two years and a three or four months, but I had a little slip at the beginning of this year, which we can get onto. Yeah. Um, but I've been trying to get sober for, I mean, take out those three weeks of a slip. I mean, have been sober for a pretty long time.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Go you. Yeah,
1: thank you. you I feel be proud I, of yourself. I, I, it's amazing. I do, actually. I, I do feel like go me, actually. Yeah. It's a nice feeling to be. Um, proud of myself because for years I was not I really hated myself um so I'm like yeah go me (laughs) I
0: definitely think it's important to have self-love in these situations and that will help you I mean does it help you having more confidence and self-love that you can actually achieve these things instead of not thinking that it's like worthwhile to do oh definitely I feel
1: like I owe myself things um you know, I go to the gym, I feel like that's such a great form of self-love, yeah. I'll meditate, such a good form, I have gratitude lists, I do a daily gratitude list, ten things. That's amazing. Every day. It's like habit now, so... I need to do that, though. Oh, God, it really flips it for you, it's... it's I couldn't recommend it enough, it feels really weird at first, but actually the gratitude list can be as simple as possible yeah. as you want you know I wrote I think this morning I wrote um, I'm grateful for family banter at the dinner table yeah. I'm grateful for the TFL getting me around London safely yeah. I'm grateful for Pretz Coconut Flat White because who yeah. doesn't love one of those you know love. so it doesn't have to be like really like deep or yeah. it can be simple but it does like And then, you know, throughout your day, like, I'll see things, and I'm like, actually, I'm so grateful I can do that. Yeah. And gratitude's an amazing thing.
0: Because I think I forget to be grateful for a lot of things I have. I have a great friendship circle. Mm. I have a great family. Mm -hmm. um, But you do just take it for granted. So easy to. You forget. Yeah. So, right, I'm going to go into my first myth. Yes. Um, So, my first myth about addiction is that I feel like the media, social media, shows you a depiction of what an addict should look like or how they should be. And I think a lot of addiction is associated with homelessness. And when you watch these, like, Louis Theroux documentaries, these people you see are like, wow, I don't know anyone like that. But actually, when I listen to podcasts with Davina McCool and things like that, you can have self-sufficient addicts. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I just, for me, that was a massive... I mean, I've obviously, watching documentaries and things as you've grown up, you know that that's not how it is. But I think a lot of people do still associate that kind of image because they don't know anyone who's been affected.
1: Yeah, because it's probably in secret. Yeah. They probably do actually know people, but they... they You know, they have friends, but it's such a... You can hide it so well. I was very much functioning, a yeah. functioning addict, just. I mean, I was missing work every now and again, but I was working.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I had an Instagram account. I had all these tricks up my sleeve that I would do. I would post photos from months before, you know. I would, um, I would just pretend I was fine yeah. to everyone. Um But I totally agree with you. You know, that's the exact same thing as I... That's exactly what I felt when I'd watched Louis Theroux on Netflix. I've, I watched all... I was actually obsessed with those documentaries, I find them fascinating, yeah. I don't watch them so much now anymore, but before yeah. I went into recovery, I would watch them all the time, and I was like, God, I would never be an addict, really, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I would never do those things, you know, I have a, I'm not homeless, yeah, um, I don't use those, those kind of drugs, yeah. um, it's not me, and then I went into recovery, and I was like, wow, actually, this yeah. is crazy, um, it can be anyone,
0: I think they're misleading in a way um, because I guess, as you said, they're not. It's not an accurate representation of how you are. So then people actually never admit or right. um, come compa- to terms of how they're really feeling. Yeah, you compare.
1: Um, you know, they say in the Twelve Step pro- Fellowship that I'm in, look at similarities rather than differences. So if I'm speaking to someone that was homeless heroin addict, mm. I can't. I shouldn't really. Look at that difference. I should look, look at her disease or her or his disease and my disease. And then actually we form really well. Yeah. Because we have so many... Our ways of thinking and and addicts. you know... If you imagine a huge picture of your life. Drinking drink drugs, I've now learned are about 5% of that picture. And the 95% is addiction in so many other ways. Yeah. It's not just about that, you know... Me putting down the drink and drugs... Is great, of course. Changed my life. It's amazing, but I actually have to d- deal, like, deal with my disease on a daily basis on mm. anything, like yeah. shopping. It could be the gym. Yeah. I, n- I have no idea what moderation and balance is. It's impossible for me to find that yeah. out. Um, relationships, um, dating. I'm crazy. Yeah, I, I'm obsessive, but in a way, I have to thank my disease because I, being a dancer, and working, you know, my ass off. I think it's because I have that addict brain in me that's like I have to practice, I haven't practiced yeah. you know. So in a way it's helped me.
0: Well that I mean, I feel like that's a benefit. You should like turn it around and say, Look, what can I benefit? Well, I mean I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like that's something you've done. You've turned it around and be like, What can I benefit from my brain or my addictive brain? And uh-huh. dancing's one of them. Yeah. And you're an amazing one. So oh, thank you. So yeah, and you were fully working while you had your addiction, weren't you? Mm-hmm. And also, dancing's not like an easy, oh gosh, an easy thing to do when oh. when you're not feeling great or whatever. How did you deal with that?
1: I don't know. I the amount of times I I did a show with no sleep. I'm talking no sleep, not a wink. Um, very active shows, you know. I don't know how I did it, but uh, I did, and it was, you know, I'd get ill all the time, I was run down, I was miserable. Um, Yeah, it was a struggle, but I had to, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I never said, I I always said to myself, I would never let it affect my work. Yeah. And when it started to affect my work, I was like, wow, okay, this is actually...
0: Was that your turning point?
1: No, my turning point was when uh, I had partied extremely heavily and I took a drug I never thought I would take in a way that I never thought I would do, And that was my turning point of I could seriously ruin my life. Yeah. Um, oh, gets me a bit. Oh. Um, could seriously this is like a sliding door situation. You've done yeah. so much that's been, you know, can I swear? Yeah. Fucking myself up. For sure. And here is the point now where you can kill yourself or you can turn it back. Um,
0: Wow. God,
1: I felt like that and I haven't felt like that in a while.
0: I mean, I feel like it's so brave of you. I admire you so much. Thank you. Um, So I'm so happy you're talking about these things. Um, And so when, and that was in July? Yeah, 2017. Okay. July
1: 2017. And something, uh, I had a shoot on the next day. I left this party, and I went to the shoot with no sleep, uh, and I remember six months prior, I was at this party, so this point before yeah. recovery, I was drinking, yeah. I was using, and I met this guy, photographer guy, not the guy that was shooting me, a different one, and I was like, oh, you've not got a drink in your hand, take mine. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, I don't drink, um, I'm sober, I work this programme, and I was like, Oh, okay, great. Have a great night. Yeah. <laughs> Not interested. And something like a, a like a light bulb switched in my head, and I go, that guy, cool, that guy. What was that thing he was talking about? And then I went to my very first meeting on a Friday at one o'clock in Soho. Um, it was an hour long, and from that day up to eighteen months and one week, I didn't touch one thing.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Honestly, that's so amazing. Yeah, it
1: was. I tried honestly, Grace. I thought I would tried every single thing. And, uh,
0: I feel like there must be a switch in your brain that was like, look, it's now or never, we got to go. Yeah,
1: by which point, my best friend and I, who I lived with, asked me to leave the flat. So things were starting to really re- interrupt your life. Really crumble. Yeah, I was devastated.
0: So what's your first myth when it comes to addiction, and and especially from someone, from me, I don't I don't know addiction firsthand, but from you mm. coming from who's someone who's lived it. Well I think
1: we've kind of already touched on it, but just that my myth, um, wait, like my myth before, or like now. But either, either or. So like my myth of, of addiction was that addicts use all day long for breakfast, lunch or dinner. And yeah. that's not the case, um, like we said with being functioning, you can have a job, um, you could have it together, but yeah. at the end of the day, if you, if you can't put it down and you want to, that's something that's not great. Yeah, you know, I get it. Like I get, I know the feeling of. I don't want this to stop. This is amazing. Yeah, I don't want reality to hit. But you know, it's 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 difficult to talk about because it's there's a line, and I think only only you can know in yourself if mm. if this is a problem. It's very easy to lie to yourself. You've got to be so honest. Yeah. Um, especially if there's people listening, you know that that don't that really don't think that they do but they party a lot you know because yeah. who wants to be an addict yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. um, who wants to you know realistically like black and white who who actually wants to be that also society telling us that this is like a me- you're a mess of a person you're a failure I know so many incredibly successful people that are sober
0: so the idea that I think a lot of people think that Addiction comes from maybe a negative experience in your life. And I've looked online and I've recently found that addiction can come from anywhere. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have um, something bad. It comes in your life or it's hereditary or mm-hmm. something's happened. How much do you believe of that?
1: I, well, for me, I mean, I often ask myself the question, why, why, do I, why did I take um, substances and drugs and drink, particularly drugs? Well, the simple answer is because they were really fun. For me, this is a very personal one. Um, They were fun. Yeah. You know, like I said, like, I got to be this guy. I had this confidence. Like, I felt so
0: cool. Yeah.
1: You know? They were fun at first. It's like this otherworldly thing. Mm. For other people, I mean, it can can be... It really can work both ways. It's, um... I mean, for me, when it when it started as being fun, I then started doing things that I didn't want to do, therefore it led to guilt and shame. So then I was covering it up by using more. And see, that's where, for me, it went kind of like a line, and then it dipped. And then I started having all these bad things happen to me, and then that's when I started covering up. And then it just got down downward spiral messy.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas some people can start low, and that's exactly why they're using, because they want to escape.
0: Yeah.
1: And by the end of it, I was using, because I wanted to escape, the... Guilt, the shame, the not being me. I didn't. I wasn't comfortable with myself. I didn't like myself. Therefore, this thing would make me forget um, until I would come down eventually.
0: Yeah, I mean, also this leads. I'm just going to go into the third one because it kind of leads into that one. But um, I, how important in that sense was the role of like connections? Because I listened to something recently and it said with addiction, people. Um, feel a loss of connection a lot and like worthwhile connections and as you said you like had the shame and the guilt how important was like the role of friendships and what I think people think like tough love is necessary but like is it really necessary what, what was great for you in terms of like you had shame and guilt but like did you want your friends to be there or did you want a connection or yeah that's a complex one I, I, looking back my
1: biggest fear was to have people give up on me Yeah. and I can remember being like don't give up on me please yeah. and that would then lead to isolation to me then using more my friends had an inc- and family had an incredible amount of patience for me um, my best friend in particular who I lived with she, you know I owe her so much um, I don't know how she stuck by me that I put her through hell. Really did. Um, you know, her saying you need to leave the flat and you need to sort it out was one of the biggest pushes I needed. Um, so that, I, I'm so grateful for that. Although yeah. at the time it was so dark and I was like, I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I can imagine. Um, but it's tricky, you know, because it's it can last for years and years. You can ruin a lot of relationships and people can just just stop and just give up and that's I think is that was my worst fear is having no one and I was close to losing a lot of my really yeah the people that mattered to me yeah the people that I was using with they weren't my friends you know I've, I haven't spoken to them since I got into recovery and got clean yeah and it just shows you they were my using pals but at the time I was like I love you you're the best I know, you know?
0: it's interesting that you said like your your best friend telling you that by trying to push you out was one of the biggest things that actually was a turning point for you. Um, So it's hard, like, I guess, you're kind of like, stay with me, but then also tough love kind of works. So it's kind of a mix of both, Mm, really. mm -hmm. Um, Because you want someone there.
1: I did get tough love um, from my closest friends.
0: And I fucking saw it out.
1: Yeah. You know, my best, one of my other best friends um, was going to take me somewhere really lovely for my birthday for like a weekend Mm -hmm. I didn't go I was asleep and he was waiting for me for my birthday weekend you know yeah Um, and he was like you need to fucking sort it out get it together but then I would be in tears I'd say I'm sorry I would change and he was there for me he did stick by me but I did receive tough love Um, but again a very personal thing some people maybe tough love is too much for them mm. you know you don't know it's it's very personal to that one it's very relative to you um yeah. but a mix of both you know i think just a- allowing yourself to know that you're there but also knowing that you know it's a disease and it's it's a very selfish one as well it can yeah. really pull it pull the life out of you um but you just be there and you know, it's tough. It's a tricky
0: question. Yeah. So what's another one of your myths?
1: So um, my other myth is that um, before I went into recovery, I didn't think that alcohol was a drug.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then as I joined this 12-step program, they said that you can't
0: drink. And at the time, I was like, what? Yeah. This is crazy. Um, oh, really? So did you go into it thinking like you were going to give up the sub- substance yeah. but not the drink? Yeah. Oh wow!
1: Yeah. Um, I had no idea what this thing was, and uh, and they said no, you can't, you can't drink either. And I was like, okay, all right. A little bit shocked, but also s- so willing to yeah. stop that I was like, fine. So at the first, I was like, this is weird because like alcohol, I mean, is everywhere. It's it's just it's nuts. And society,
0: especially in London, like oh London's words. like the booze out, al- like booze yeah. capital of the world. Yeah is it?
1: Well, I kind of made that up.
0: It's <laughs> <He's
1: laughs> like, is it? Oh. <laughs> let's Google it. No, um, it's everywhere, yeah. you know, and also it's in almost every situation possible. Your boyfriend broke up with you, let's go for a drink, let's go on a date, let's go for a drink. You got married, let's have champagne.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, your best friend's moved out, moved in, let's have a drink, you know, it's yeah. everywhere, have a drink with a movie. So it's, society has pushed into our heads that alcohol is usable all you know any all the time yeah so um so yeah but also on in like an addict sense i would never pick up drugs sober i would always have that drink yeah and then it would lead on yeah therefore alcohol is a drug and i can't drink alcohol which is Mm. fine you know i'm pretty used to it now um it is a bit annoying on dates when people are like, do you want to go to a pub? And I was like, yeah, I'll have an OJ. Thanks. Yeah, but I I'd admire
0: someone about that. Like, I even think it's cool when people go to parties and they're like, I'm not drinking. I do that sometimes. I'm like, do I'm not you? drinking. I
1: really, I really find that um, quite amazing. Um,
0: but there are. I mean, definitely there are times I find it hard. But like, but like you, I like going to the gym. I like having my day. Mm. I like, and I, don't get me wrong, I like to have a drink and party, but like, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy feeling good in the morning. I enjoy yeah. waking up um, not cloudy. Yeah. Um, how do you find that when you go to parties and things? Did it take you a while to maybe not go to parties or...? I would just judge it on my,
1: my like, on the day. If I felt, if there was even an inkling of me being like, oh, I'd like to drink tonight, I wouldn't go out. Okay. Um, I would not go out with people I used to party with. I'd be very careful. If I did, very rarely, and I'd be very careful. I'm Mm. I'm the one that leaves at 12 o'clock, Cinderella exits, see you later. I'm not saying bye to any of you, I'm just going to go.
0: Yeah.
1: Houdini. I I had this quote the other day, loved it. It says, Mm. Nobody really cares if you don't go to the party.
0: It's so true. No one
1: cares. Like, they're all there, everyone's there having their own great time. Like, no one cares if you don't go to the party. So, I love that. It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, And then, I mean, tricky things. I, I don't think I'd do a festival. Yeah. I mean, maybe a day one, but meh. Uh, but I discovered that I go out and I can actually dance. Like, I go out, I have a lot of fun. Um, I've gone out, you know, I it's definitely changed. I mean, I'm never going to have that feeling that yeah. I had. But I've accepted that and I will do something very kind to myself the next day. I'll go to the gym. I'll go buy a really nice meal that I would have spent. I go buy a lovely t-shirt that I really want I
0: always think that I'm like look if you're not drinking tonight you can buy this or go go for dinner and I prefer food
1: roast dinner yeah and be like actually you know this is really worth a lot more than that
0: and did it um you did it take a while to get to where you are now um in terms of your recovery like at at first was it like no parties and then now it's like
1: there was never any rules there was only suggestions okay uh i got into a relationship very soon three weeks into recovery and people were like are you sure you should be doing that and i was like yeah this is fine like i'm i'm This guy's amazing. And then um, I realised that I was then using him like a drug. And that's when I was still, like... Yeah. But I hadn't really learned about, like, an addict's brain and how my addiction manifests and other things. Yeah. But I really was. It was like I was obsessed.
0: Well, yeah, because I... I mean, I know I keep relating back to podcasts, but I listen to Mm -hmm. a podcast on codependency Mm -hmm. and codependency addiction. Mm. So, like, exactly what you say, you depend on someone else for, like, love and especially in a stage where you're trying to love yourself, it was probably, like, a lot. But then at the same time, I think it, sometimes it's a benefit to have someone there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Um, it can be. I think
1: it's suggested not when you're so soon in is because if if that person splits up with you, who knows how you would feel and who knows what you would do? Like, yeah. you go right back out because you're... It goes back to that covering yourself up thing, doesn't yeah. it? Like,
0: um, yeah. So I'm gonna go into my one of my last myths is what is um what's your opinion on does addiction last a lifetime um do you think it's something that you'll have with you for a while or because I guess some people will think like oh well they're recovered now like that's it but I, I mean I don't believe that I just think someone's always going to be trying and be helping themselves mm-hmm.
1: do you know this is very personal again
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think I will be an addict forever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would like to say um, that I would never drink again or mm-hmm. use again. I would like to say that. Who knows? It's a very overwhelming th- feeling to say I'm never going to drink again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just have to worry about today and that is really every day. It's just... It's only today. Yeah. And if I just carry on just for today, I'm going to be fine. And... I can really tell you hand on heart I really enjoy being sober and clean I love my lifestyle I'm mm. focused I have energy I have relationships I work on my, myself daily yeah. I have gratitude um, from someone that didn't want to be alive two, two years and four months ago it's a complete turnover and if I have to put down some liquids and some powder for that. Then yeah. I'm absolutely good with it. It's a struggle. Like I can, I cannot say that I would never use again because, yeah. like, you can't say that. But just for today, I love myself and I love being clean. And yeah, I wouldn't. I really, I wouldn't want to give it away for anything.
0: Do you find dancing helped you at all
1: with getting clean? Yeah. Um, I became very busy. Um, I made myself very yeah. busy. I, again, I felt like I owed myself. I almost went the other way of a workaholic Um, but did dancing help me? I think I can what I really love about dancing is it's it's escapism for me and I feel I feel music like in me I think from my experience and knowing that I could have very easily ruined my life I think I'm very grateful that I have uh, a real desire to dance and to be good
0: at my job yeah um To be honest, and that's lasted you through everything, I think. Mm. Like, you have danced before, you danced Mm -hmm. after. And in the middle. And I think that's amazing, because it would have been such a shame to give it up. Oh, yeah. Um, And you've got such talent for it. Thank you.
1: I think it's taught me a hell of a lot of life experience from those years that I was in a mess. Yeah. Um, And I use it, you know, I do use it in my work. I use it in my choreography...
0: Yeah, do you Thank ever choreo- choreograph something, like... Or like I've Yeah. Never,
1: I've never, I would love to. Because
0: I don't know about dance, like, I feel like it's very heartfelt, so would you oh, choreograph God, yeah. something? I, just,
1: I would. I've never actually done a dance focused on it, but I think my movement and my... Where I get my ideas from stem from my past and things I've dealt with and my feel, feelings of this and that. And yeah. I dip into that and I love acting through movement way more than just, like, getting a leg in the air, you yeah. know? Um, I, <laughs> viewers are going to be like what no that's a kick everyone
0: <laughs> and, I think that would be amazing
1: yeah it would it would be really cool I just need the opportunity I'm mu- much more of a dancer at the moment I would love yeah. to go more into choreography yeah. eventually but um I do have such a love for choreography as well nice yes. and
0: what's your last myth
1: my last myth quite a positive one actually um there are 12 step programs for so many things really? yes like oh my gosh there's a a 12 step fellowship for families of addicts that are affected oh wow so you can do codependency um god uh cigarettes you know any type of substance and it is you know there's so many options for help if you need it yeah um 12 step programs have really changed my life really i didn't know about them before i um went into recovery which is the same thing 12 step program recovery kind of thing yeah um so if you do your research on you know any anything that you were worried about there would be a program for it. um most likely in london london's amazing because it's got so many different recovery programs daily yeah you know
0: it's Have eight. you found many um, helpful places and things to do that help in London?
1: Oh yeah, it's around the clock. And especially I've been away on tour. I was in China um, and I did Tokyo and a bunch of other places and it was really challenging actually for my recovery because there weren't many meetings. Um, my show starts at 7.30, so a lot of meetings around the country are at 7.30, really annoying. Yeah. Um, so it was challenging, but then I did online Meetings, yeah. I called people, amazing. I connected. Yeah, and I did go to meetings. I went to meetings in Bali. I went I did go to a few in China. Also
0: you meet so many interesting people as oh well God, along yeah, the way. Amazing.
1: And it's like I'm meeting you from you're from Australia, I'm from London, we are the same, we have the same yeah. brain. And it's there's such a level of connection. Yeah. Um, and especially when you feel so disconnected in addiction, like I felt so isolated. And then I met these people that were just like me. Yeah. Normal, like... Well, whatever that means. I shouldn't even say that. Mm. Um, but what I thought were normal people. Um, my idea of it. And I was like, we're the same. We're the same. And it's such a beautiful feeling being like, I understand how you're feeling. Yeah. And we we can get through this together. You don't have to do this by yourself anymore. That's
0: so nice. I think it's also an element of not feeling alone. Exactly. Of course. Um, and that's very helpful to understand. Um... And I'm just going to end on a couple questions just like they can be quick fire but what advice would you give to someone like and it doesn't have to be deep or it could be whatever you feel but give someone who's struggling and what advice would you give for someone who knows someone who's struggling and how to be around them? For someone that is struggling
1: be honest with yourself take care of yourself um be open minded to changing to changing Yeah and be willing to change um Honesty is, is is the key thing. You can make up excuses for yourself. You know, people speak to you all the time and, and they will give me an excuse. And I, I was there. I did that. I did that thing where I was, oh, no, it's fine. It's just because of this. It's just because yeah. of that. For a friend of someone that is struggling, patience. This is a really, really tricky disease um, that does not, it does not um, solve itself overnight. And oh, take care of them. It's really hard. I really can like sympathize with people. Um, like my best friend had to with me, just you know, have the patience, take care of them and be there. You yeah. don't have to be with them all the time. Yeah. But be there if they need you. And it's always a beautiful thing to suggest. So do your research. Do not throw it upon someone lightly suggest it maybe in a cup of coffee oh well i know i heard a podcast and this person was saying this and he said that he goes to this 12-step program why don't you try it no i don't want to okay that's all right yeah and then try it again it's important not to push okay um too hard but again tough love is so it's that fine line yeah it's like tough love but also don't push it too hard um yeah
0: Amazing. Well, I think that's going to come to the end of our podcast. No, it's so quick. I've abs- honestly, I could listen to you for hours. I absolutely have loved having you on oh, my podcast, and I completely admire you. I think you're so brave and just amazing, and well done, you. Thank you so much. Massive thank well you done. so
1: much for doing this as well. It's a really, it's really great to speak about it, and hopefully,
0: someone listening, yeah, will benefit from for that. sure. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. This outro has actually taken me a very long time to do. I think this is my sixth time. Anyway, let's try again. So I've created an email called whattheydonttellyoupod at gmail.com. I know it's long, but everything else is taken. And I would love, love, love to hear any feedback or just anything regarding what we've spoken about in the podcast. I'd love to know what you think. Um, And if you'd like to like, subscribe, I don't know what else. Comment down below. God, that sounds YouTube-y. I'm one of those now. But please, please, please email us. I would love to hear your feedback. Um, And yeah, have a lovely day.